welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about history and bugs and an old lady. I'm Justin. <laughs> I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we're going to cover chapters 5 through 8 of Book 7 of Fate of the Jedi Conviction. I wish I had said those things in a different order. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless... That's what we're here to talk about this week. And so far, this book's off to a pretty good start. You know, the last Aaron Alston book we complained about a lot by the time we were getting through it. it seemed like we just stayed on Dathomir forever and nobody else did too much. Mm-hmm. Well, we've jumped like 19 locations already <laughs> in the first four chapters. Yeah. Had some pretty sweet action. And before we pick up to talk about chapters five to eight today, bum, bum, bum. Previously on Forever Canon, Valen and Gisela are fine. Psych. Luke, Ben, and Vistara pound some pirates as a team. Luke heals, Raynar feels. And Tahiri wins attempted prison murder round one. That yep. was last week. <laughs> yep. That was, what, uh, that was the uh, major events of the first four chapters to kick off this book. And chapter five brings us to Borlaeus and the Pyria system. Apparently... An historic planet. Mm -hmm. Decade after decade. Listen to this history. Once, its main military complex had housed Imperial Biological Development Facilities, the type governments generally didn't want the public to know too much about. Later, it had been the jumping-off point for the New Republic's successful efforts to capture Coruscant and drive off the government that had gained control of the Empire after Palpatine's death. Later still... When the Yuzhan Vong invasion had reached Coruscant and the New Republic government itself had fled, Borlaeus had been the site of a holdout force, a target for the Yuzhan Vong, its continued resistance giving the New Republic leaders time to escape and regroup. Most recently, it and Bill Bringy had been traded to the Imperial Remnant by Jason Solo in return for military aid. Decade after decade, major galactic event, one after another, Borlaeus is a major piece of all of it yeah and how i knew that is because i knew the name of the planet not just from the last series but i knew it from before <laughs> unlike when we were like have you ever heard of nam Corios? Yeah. no nope, never heard of it <laughs> have you ever heard of pirder no nope, never heard of it yeah yeah and i mean it's got leia's name in it that helps that's how i knew how to it pronounce it properly familiar. yeah wouldn't it be great if that's it's borley ass <laughs> <laughs> actually their name is princess leah Okay, uh, no. Nope. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough sullying the good word of Star Wars. Anyways, this place has been a focus of history all the way back to before the Empire. Mm-hmm. All the way through till now. Why are we being told that? Is it about to play another key role in galactic history, Tim? Well, probably. Mm-hmm. Because the errant venture has arrived... To drop off all the super rich, extravagant card party guest hostages. Such as big winner, Win Dorvin. Come on, we should have seen that coming. <laughs> Him and Pocket won 150 billion credits or who knows, whatever. How yeah, it was like 50 million or something. It was he a lot. won it. Just like we knew he was going to because he's such a such an analytical mind. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, He's a pretty cool guy, though. I, I, I quite like that character. Yeah. You like how far I'm pulling my socks up? Is that what you're looking at? Yeah, I don't know. You normally don't 
No, these ones like sag if you don't. Stupid. They're yeah. old. Anyways. We're not I think I have the same kind of socks. My socks. All right. <laughs> these could be yours. I don't know. Maybe I borrowed them 15 years ago. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Wynn Dorvin's cool. He's a winner. The Air Adventures here dropping off all those guests. Yeah. Wink. A lot of them being red hostages. <laughs> yep. A lot of them being the uh, drunk or such, and and a lot of them being the uh, the the one hundred most influential and wealthiest people across Coruscant. Right? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're the they're the upper one percent of the population. And even still, even the being the upper one percent, and the secretary aide of the chief of state, there will be no pickup from Chief Dalla. There's too many slave uprisings and home threats to her own power. Mm-hmm. Cut to newly knighted Siha Dorvald watching the Ventures shuttles land with all of their rich people and her master, Octoramus, sitting beside her. Siha Dorvald. Mm-hmm. What did she do in the last book series? Is she the one that floated that piece of paper over and stuck it to Jason? Oh, the tracker? Yeah. I think so, because what I was going to say was, was she the one who was crawling through the sewers to do something at Senate Plaza? Yeah. And they're connect. That must be her. And that we w- did it. <laughs> was that was that the same girl that was talking to Ben with the robot? Uh, I think so. Yeah. F- pretending to flirt with him. Yeah. And when he. Yeah. So she's actually survived. I. <laughs> Right? Because when she was with the team that went to Senate Plaza, it seemed like they were all going to die. Mm-hmm. To, you know, they were going to capture Jason Solo or stop him or fi- pretend to capture, try and capture him while placing a tracker on him. Yeah. Anyways, she's a knight now. Kind of a cool just growth of an ancillary character, a background character. Yeah, it's been a few years and look at that. She's a knight now. That's how the world lives, right? Is that even the things you're not staring directly at grow and change Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then when you do see it here she is ah she's a knight now that's that's kind of cool they're gonna they're here pretending to drop off the wrong shipment for this uh this galactic alliance outpost and the shifty dude who runs the place is pretending it's not the wrong shipment because it's all very valuable stuff but really they're here to be put in a position where all of these shuttles coming from the errant venture and all the people inside them need transport. Mm-hmm. They are here as a plant to take all the people back to Coruscant. All the people that they just took from Coruscant as part of their plan, you know, in cahoots with the errant venture. Yeah. They're going to shuttle them back with Jedi as pilots. Yeah. They're going to drive all the drunks home and see how. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't be. That can't be her name. <laughs> See how? <laughs> uh, she thinks to herself, they're also going to transport armed Jedi right into the Senate building. Ah, yes. We finally reached the spoiler from the back cover. Yeah. Where the Jedi overthrow the government. Major malfunction on this back cover, man. Yeah. Super lame spoilers. Maybe for the next two. We don't read them when we do our review preview. Maybe I don't want to look at these anymore and be spoiled 
for yeah. a major event like the Jedi are going to take over the government. Yeah, to just come in back case. And just to you know to come back and read the back of the book. First sentence: Chief of State Natasi Dalla has been overthrown, and the Jedi Order has taken control of the Galactic Alliance. Okay, I couldn't make it. <laughs> I couldn't get it in the right pentameter or whatever. Yep. But uh, that's the first sentence on the back of the book. And then when we, when we start the book, nope, she's very much still the Chief of State of the Galactic Alliance. Mm-hmm. And. Coming from the last book where the Jedi had zero plans to overthrow her yeah. and, and make have a coup, that's that sucks. Yeah, it would the only thing that it was Maybe we just don't read them anymore. Yeah, the only thing from the last book was Leia and Sabba saying, Hey, she needs to go and And when that's and it, when she on. strikes against us, it's gonna be big. So we have to strike first. Yeah, that's it. There was nothing No. Nope. So I guess this is how they're gonna do it. And have if if I had read Siha Dorvald's thought here without having read the spoiler of the back cover, I would have been excited and kind of shocked. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, you're gonna what? But it's kind of it's just it's already you know what's we know what's gonna they, happen. It's yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. Hence spoilers. Maybe we just don't read those anymore. Yeah, but then what are we gonna do for the preview? Here's what. Okay. Remember, did I say this on microphone or off microphone last episode? The back blurb should be a quick recap of what happened and general guessing of what might come next for the characters. Okay. So we just make our own little blurb on the back. Fair enough. Two sentences. Here's what happened. Two sentences. What might happen next? In a way to try to draw in a reader, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, why do you want to draw your readers in with a spoiler of information of something that's happening in the book? And that's not a minor thing. No, no. Sorry. The Jedi take over the government of Coruscant. Thus the galaxy. Not a small thing to give away in the first sentence yeah. of your blurb. Why not ask questions about what they can or might do? That are leading questions, but then you twist those ideas in unexpected ways. Yeah, or you could even ask the question like, "What will the what will the Jedi do what about Natasi Dalla? What will it take? Yeah, exactly. yeah, and stuff like that. Instead of saying, "Hey, they won. <laughs> <laughs> Want to read it? <laughs> hey, they're gonna win. Want to see what happens? Like, yeah, like okay, maybe we just don't read those anymore. Chapter six, Nam Corios." Meridian Sector. A whitish pebble surrounded by space stations of guns. Mm -hmm. To keep something in. Same idea as the Maw, right? Yes. Here, we have tracked Abeloth to another prison. Yeah, pretty much. Why? Why would she come? I guess because the trap's not for her this time. Yeah. (laughs) Not not trap, but like the... uh, The security. The security. What is the security for, Tim? What are they keeping in on this planet this white pebble yeah some gross bugs the what are they called the drox drox yes yeah tiny bug plague that they are invisible no they're not invisible no they burrow into your skin and then they emulate all of your biofeedback to become invisible to scanners and then they propagate inside your skin and and slowly eat you a desiccated husk yeah they eat you from the inside out right 
That's fun. Yeah, gross. What the hell kind of horror show <laughs> shit is that being shoved in the Star Wars book here also? Gross. Yeah. But hey, bugs again, eh, Rainer? Why do bugs keep coming up? Mm-hmm. Why would you pick a bug plague? If not for a connective reason. Maybe he can come we've and had, control the bugs. There's been a lot. Uh, that'd be cool. And end this plague. Maybe he moves here, becomes king of the bugs. <laughs> and then there's no more threat to all these people where they have to like wave themselves with, with ultraviolet wands to kill anything that might be in their skin. <laughs> yeah, they land. Not, why would you be here still? <laughs> yeah. How they... is there a population of people here still? Yeah, well, I guess because of their weird sun and the light, they can do cool medical stuff. Also, I guess some of the sentient beings here aren't just people, are they? Mm-mm. There are sentient crystal beings on this violet-sunned planet? Yeah. I forgot to write their name down. Uh, this starts with a T, though. The Sills. Ah, yes. T-S-I-L. What? Are they pretty wacky sci-fi magic stuff being thrown at us mm-hmm. at this planet? And so to your, did you say this on Mike? We're doing two episodes in a row here and it's hard to keep track of what <laughs> we've said, but you said something about, uh, Oh, right. Luke Skywalker was like, uh, we're going to Nam Corios, Nam Corios. And he didn't tell anybody why. And you're like, I hope we're not going to be there for the whole book. Yes, I said that uh, on. Well, you know what? Report, Maybe yeah. it won't be so bad. No, if we a got lot crazy on. bugs <laughs> and crystal people, and like also the winter. It's winter right now, and the winter is so bad you'll die. So stay inside in shelter or stay in the sun. Okay, it, it's... there's plenty of threats to be had here. Also, Luke Skywalker came here 30 years ago and changed the planet like always. Mm-hmm. Right. Long story short, there was a bug plague. The New Republic installed the guns to keep all the bugs in. Uh, in the space stations surrounding the planet. Callista was here. Thus, Abeloth is here. There's also a lot of resources. What are these crystal things? Magic sentient people. There's a group of force users called Theron Listeners, TM. Yeah. Capital letters, right? Spies and stuff, I'm assuming. I don't know. Do you need any more threats? There's a lot going on this planet. Also... In case you do need more threats, the sentient crystals turn force use into natural disasters across the planet. Yeah. So don't use the force. Yeah, there's parts. What makes up the sentient crystal people is also part of the planet that if you actively use the force, it causes like a butterfly effect. Yeah. It's just (laughs) like he. Oh, this is kind of a sad idea, actually. Mm-mm. And I was going to say it very flippantly as a joke. And now I'm going to say it as a serious thing. And to maybe appreciate it more. What if he kind of just took all his craziest last ideas that he wanted to do? Not knowing how much time you have left as a writer. Or how many Star Wars books you have left on your contract. And just had a heart. What if he kind of just took all of his craziest <laughs> ideas. And let's bring let's bring the craziest things I want all together. Mind you, this planet has existed, right? This is Luke came here 30 years ago with Callista. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe we'll get to those books eventually The Children of the Jedi and Dark Saber and Planet of Twilight, but I don't know. It seems like there's a lot, throwing a lot of spaghetti on the wall here, right? <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of things. 
Deadly Winter, Sentient Crystals, Butterfly Effect if you use your magic. So now you're essentially stun-cuffed like Tahiri. Like, mm-hmm. just there's a lot of threat. Also, Abeloth is probably here. Yeah, I'm, and I'm wondering... What a weird planet. Luke and Ben will do their best not to actively use the Force. Well, Abeloth yeah. and Vistara, maybe not so That's much. That's the scary thing about Abeloth, is that why would she even care? Yeah. And Luke pointedly says directly to Vistara, so don't use the Force. He doesn't have to tell Ben as directly and pointedly, right? So is that, are we being told that that's what's going to happen? Uh, I don't know. Luke, Ben, and Vistara shuttle down to this wacky planet. Because you don't want to fly down there. You'll have to do a whole decontamination process that costs money and waste more time. You'll be off Abelos Trail, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Faster to take plebeian transportation, right? So they shuttle down to the surface, and we see some of this deadly winter weather. There's a nasty storm yep. that they have to fly through, which you just kind of actually made me wonder. Is that because Abeloth came here and used the Force? Oh, or shit. is here and you... Right. Yeah. Because it may have been you know, it could be there. yeah, it could be coincidental storm that happens when someone uses the force, or it could be her taking control of this crazy magic effect to direct the natural disasters in her defense. Like uh, however she works, because we still don't really know. <laughs> I don't know, man, but this deadly winter weather, it is minus ten degrees out there. Uh, super deadly. (laughs) I mean, if I could just check my phone real quick. Currently, the weather here is minus 10 degrees. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed so goddamn hard when he put an actual numerical temperature on it. There was no reason for that. No. And it made it so so out of touch that I had to look up where Aaron Alston was from because I was like pretty sure he's from the southern portion of the United States where is he from? Texas (laughs) minus 10 degrees deadly (laughs) hey Tim you walked here today right? yes I did minus 10 degrees thank god you made it (laughs) yeah I freaking love it. Now, with the caveat being, they're like, oh, with the winds, it's like negative 40. That's cool. Okay. But that's like Alberta weather. Yeah. (laughs) Big big deal. That's happened here once or twice, I think. Yeah. Dude, with the the wind chill right now, it's minus 18. We're halfway there. Yeah. You walked here. I did. Without my hood up. With just a (laughs) plain old coat and boots on. Right. I I laughed so hard when he put minus 10 degrees on that deadly temperature. Yeah. I, I Oh, my God. And it reminded me so much of what we talked about earlier. Like, everybody giving Matt Mercer hassle on the internet because he doesn't understand how cold works because he's from California. Yeah. I was like, I, I recognized it right away. Yeah. I was like, this is that same thing. It is. Yeah, he's from Texas. I mean, oh my god, we're alive. Yeah. Suck it, Deadly Winter. <laughs> Barely. We're the strength of two Jedi. 
Aaron Alston, Texas boy. Scared of the neg 10. All right. <laughs> Chapter 7. Coruscant. Just Coruscant. That was it. That was the, that was the whole location <laughs> heading. Dulla is at Comatose Buatu's bedside in a medical center somewhere. Yeah, what's the name? Right. And what floor is it? <laughs> like, why? where's that information, right? Oh, God. Anyway, she's just thinking about how she just doesn't understand regular people. Mm-hmm. You know? You know, even at, like... Even at McDonald's, people will backstab each other for the slightest bit of power, and I just don't get it. Why would they do that when it's not even real power? Yeah, when it doesn't matter. Like... When it doesn't change the galaxy. Like, why do regular people care about things that I don't care about? (laughs) (laughs) She's so... It's just a... It's a... It's a... (laughs) It's a... uh, A quantifiable measure for us of her being out of touch. Yeah. With even reality. Mm-hmm. Like power is relative, man, and mm-hmm. you should know that, ma'am. Yeah, I mean you. I mean, uh, whatever, right? She's out of touch. She doesn't understand people, but she's still bent on quote crushing. Yeah, all her uh, now many enemies. Yeah, she's very aggressive at this point. Spoiler alert! I don't think she wins. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I wish we didn't read the back cover. Yeah. Because it takes, like, all of the tension out of her retaliation. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that retaliation is delayed and comes at the <laughs> as, as a response to the coup. Yeah. But how much power do you wield by then? The yeah. retaliation should be coming for the Jedi escape. Should be coming with her at the height of her power right now, right? Yeah. When she's got access to all the resources possible. Well... She's going to crush her many enemies. Yeah, there was um, that specific word, crush, I believe is used by Palpatine in the movies Ooh. when he's talking about crushing the rebels. Right. So same same deal. She's it's very, very aggressive. It's ve- well, and it's very imperial talk, too, even. Yeah. Not even just Palpatine, although he obviously was like the cult of personality for that whole environment, that whole culture. Mm-hmm. Culture of personality. <laughs> Anyways. So it's like it's like it's it's been in the handbook the whole time. Yeah. But you're right. She's definitely exemplifying that just hubris, the arrogant, desperate overreaching of power that's slipping out of your grasp. Mm-hmm. Right. Where you think you still have the power to crush your enemies because you are out of touch with reality. Why do people care about regular things? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Because they're regular people, you idiot. What the fuck are yeah. you talking about? I don't know. She gets a message, though. Wynn Dorvin is returning. Thank God. About time. A lot of crushing to do. Coming to the Senate building. And I'm remembering Seha Dorvald's words and her or- armed Jedi promises. Warmed? <laughs> her, 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 they're armed. Her armed Jedi. <laughs> and we cut to... As I'm thinking about this, the Jedi Temple. Big old Jedi meeting. Chapter 7, Jaina speaks. Yes, she does. She says two things. Uh, Kip Dern and Okta Ramis are going into hiding in the Senate building. Remember, they were on Borlaeus, dropping off all the people. And Kip Dern was talking to Raynar Thulba like, what are we going to do? We don't have any plans. I don't know what I'm doing next. Well... Master Octoramus sitting next to Seha Dorvald in the cockpit of the ship and Kip Durin are going to infiltrate the Senate building 
and stay there. Yeah. Because they're talking about getting them supplies and the, all that's, the things they that's need. That's basically the main focus of this meeting is how can we, how do we support them in this strategy? Mm-hmm. They're going to stow away inside of the Senate building and do what? Yeah. Part of what they talk about is we got to find out Dalla's <laughs> schedule and like we need to be able to track her movements and stuff like that. So again, had it not been spoiled, this would all be interesting bits of escalation yeah. to the Jedi's plan. Yeah. And it's not Aaron's fault. He didn't write the back cover, but it's there and it pisses me off. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. So, like you said, the the conversation is how can we help them? And here's the plan. Pretend Hamner is alive, but strategically hiding, so that Han and Leia can meet with Dalla on Saba's behalf, whilst smuggling supplies in for the Jedi Masters. Easy peasy. Han and Leia are saying, we should do the jobs that Dalla gave us. Except they don't say that. No, they don't. They don't mention that Dalla. That has never come up again. Has never come back. And this is the perfect time to use it. threatened to bring Colonel Solo out of retirement at the behest of having the two of them be her negotiating figures with the Jedi. It's never come up again in specific detail. Mm -hmm. This would have been the time. This would have been the perfect time. And so it begs the question again, right? Him writing all this in a big rush. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be the time to mention it because you're <laughs> doing exactly that now. Yep. So it doesn't come up, but it's all a big, a big plan. Pretend Hamner's alive. Pretend he's hiding. We're going to pretend to help. We're going to pretend to not smuggle in supplies. A lot of pretending. Cut to Valen thinking Nom Corios. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Abeloth calling. <laughs> uh, Gisela hears it too. And as the two of them are having breakfast in the mess hall, Master, who the hell was it? Cam Solisar comes over mm-hmm. and gives Gisela her first new mission. Uh, post-carbonite freezing and crazy time. A simple delivery mission of lightsaber crystals and components to our Jedi enclave on Corellia. Do you remember we've been there? No. Ben Skywalker went there in the last series and it was all vandalized and it was, uh, yeah. Yeah. The anti Jedi sentiment had destroyed the Jedi, uh, enclave. I keep wanting to say, outpost on Corellia where, you know, why wouldn't you have subsidiary McDonald's across the galaxy? Right. Mm hmm. But we've been there before. Yep. With Ben Skywalker, and he caught a kid doing a bad thing there, and then didn't tell on him, but found him in a detention center later, and then he went missing, and he was wor- like, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, a yeah. whole subplot to Ben's. Oh, I don't know, maturing. Yeah. His understanding of subtlety in like insofar as the world is not black and white. Mm-hmm. Like doing a bad thing doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad dude. The guy threw a rock at a cop or something or like spray painted things on the giant yeah. Whatever it was. We've been there. Mm-hmm. I thought that was neat. I just thought of that now. <laughs> yeah. and uh, um, 
originally for this mission, did Salyasar wants to send both of them. Yeah, he wants to send both of them, but we get right back to that freaking. It was like High Lord Talon all over again. Mm-hmm. Cam Salyasar walks up to the table and offers these two crazy Jedi a perfect escape and excuse. A ship, a destination, and orders to go, right? So they could have taken the mission and gotten in the ship and then just gone and done their own thing. But we get that crazy level of suspicious conspiracy mistrust. Yeah, the paranoia. The paranoia. Great. That's the word I was looking for. Where... Valen's like, this is too easy of a mission for two Jedi. It must be a trap. So we have to refuse this. But if we refuse this, maybe we're supposed to refuse it. And maybe I should take it. And maybe I should just say, this is too easy for one or for two Jedi. She, uh, uh, this only needs one Jedi and a Kowakian monkey lizard. Yeah. And they start bickering back and forth between the brother sister. Yeah. Which was pretty hilarious banter. Actually, it was awesome. It was great. The two <laughs> of them, man, they're great. I, they feature to some larger degree in our next series in the new Jedi order. Yeah. But they're great together, especially (laughs) Um, anyways. Yeah. Through all those layers of paranoia, it ends up just being Gisela going on her own on this Mm -hmm. mission, but she is also thinking nom Corios. Yeah. Chapter eight. Quag Shul. Nom Corios. You like that one too? Yeah. Two pages of how they built their houses here, and maybe some metaphor, but I was too bored to see it. Yeah, no, I was talking about it's windy, house. and they got to be on pegs, and the roofs are slanted, and all the rock is scorn away from. I don't care. It's super windy, and they put stucco on the outside of their houses. Yeah, why? When crystal debris blows through the wind <laughs> with every storm. Okay, why would you texture the? Okay, <laughs> all the gra- the glass is so scratched up. It's a better diffuser than it is a window. Okay, I don't fucking care. Yeah, it's about architecture. <laughs> Luke, Ben, and Vistara are looking for the Theron listeners. So Luke takes the kids to the local pub, as you do. Turns out uh, you're not welcome here, and all uh, you're not local. Small town, small brain bullies in the bar. Yeah. We don't want to help you. We don't know you. But what... Fun. What it was interesting about this part is when... They opened themselves up passively to use the force to see what the feelings were. Right. They felt like thousands of people were watching them, not the 15 to 20 that were in this place. They felt like, what did Vistara say? It was like a, a spotlight on her or something. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. That yeah. they were like focused. The focus of the entire planet is drawn onto you just passively feeling through the force. Yeah. The what listeners. is this wacky planet? At least this planet's interesting. Mm-hmm. If we're going to come here and spend the whole book here, and it's going to be about the mystery of what are these crystal things, and why does the Force do this, and what are the bugs, and, and what's with the violet sun, and like all that, instead of being about boys and girls don't get along, I'm fucking here for that, man. Yeah, I can stay here all book with interesting sci-fi fantasy mysteries. Yeah, Give us new stuff. Not... We need to teach men and women to coexist. <laughs> um, get moving on. Mm-hmm. We should be so far past that. When did this come out? 2009, 10, 11? Yeah, something like that. Come on. I did not want a whole book of that. But if we're going to be stuck here with like 
spotlight in the force and grumpy locals and, and bugs that turn you into food. I guess every that's not a really specific threat, is it? Yeah, but not too many embed themselves in you to slowly eat you from the inside out. And multiply on the inside. Anyway, Luke just wants to find a healer. And so someone says, sell. And we cut to a healer named Sell's house. Mm-hmm. And Luke knows her. Of course he does. Another old ex, right? I don't know. Doesn't say yes, doesn't say mm-hmm. no. But Luke calls her. Teselda, quote, perhaps the galaxy's oldest surviving Jedi. What? <laughs> yeah, so was she like 110? Uh, who is she? I've never heard of her. Where is she from? Survive what? The Clone Wars? Yeah. How, 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 how old is she? If she's older than Luke say Luke's 60 well I mean she could just be Han Solo's age so yeah so 70 but, but there's Jedi on the council older than that Bearables live long everybody on the council is like Han and Leia's age yeah for the most part I've... not so much Luke's okay wait no. a mix of both yeah they're between 60 and 80 they're like the people that they all the masters. Yeah. So how old is this lady? Where where did she survive from? Who does she know? What does she know? Is she Abeloth? That can't. Oh boy. Be a thing, right? I'd hope not. I don't think Abeloth would go after someone old necessarily. Who is the oldest surviving Jedi in the galaxy? Find out next week. When we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 7, Conviction, Chapters 9 through 12. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Weird force-using ex-girlfriend tour continues. Yeah. Guarantee they made out. Guarantee. (laughs) Guarantee. In the force. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.